Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. We're glad to have you, whether you're listening in the United States of America, any other country on the globe, we're glad to have you, honored to have you, actually. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. You could have been listening to anywhere, but you joined us here at Marriage and Family Clinic. Just want to welcome you today in Southern Virginia. We're coming to you on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial, WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to the live stream, www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Uh, and if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast or episode in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can always find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic on those platforms. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick. And ultimately, we really want to help you grow and repair and even perfect your marriage and your family relationships. All right. Well, last week I started a mini-series on the subject of homosexuality. Um, now, before you set your expectations too high or too low, before you try and determine uh, exactly what's going on here, try and determine which way I'm going, uh, let me make one thing clear here on the context and the purpose of what I'm going to be saying in this mini-series. The purpose of this mini-series is not to substantiate uh, or repudiate homosexuality. We're not talking about whether homosexuality is right or wrong. I'm not talking about that. Now, that doesn't mean that I change my mind about it. That doesn't mean that I do not know what I think about it. It simply means that I'm not here to talk about the right and the wrong of homosexuality. And, and just for the sake of someone listening, let me set your mind at ease. And let me say this parenthetically, just for the record, God made man and woman, male and female. I want to make that perfectly plain. God made man and woman, a male and a female. And when it comes to sexual behavior, uh, the Apostle Paul gave some of the best and the easiest to understand guidance we could have in 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter. In 1 Corinthians, chapter seven, Paul discussed the business of sexual activity and he described it as a duty and an obligation that's integral to marriage. Sexual activity, first of all, is supposed to be experienced and enjoyed even in the uh, uh, bonds of holy matrimony. Paul says in verse 2 of chapter 7 that in order to prevent fornication, every man ought to have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. I want you to listen to that. Let me say that again. In order to prevent fornication, every husband must have his own wife and every woman must have her own husband. And, and here's the deal. I know this is going to sound old-fashioned, out of touch, um, narrow, rigid, etc., uh, etc. Et but here's the deal. According to the scripture, 
the only sexual activity that is acceptable to God is sexual relations between a man and his wife, between a woman and her husband. Watch this. Any other sexual activity other than a man and his wife, a woman and her husband, any other sexual activity is fornication, according to the scripture. I'm satisfied with the scripture. I'm satisfied with the scripture. And uh, we'll go off on that some other time. But uh, all, all I'm trying to tell you is that my aim here in this miniseries is not to say, is not to talk about the right and the wrong of homosexuality. Uh, I, I want to deal with somewhere else, something else. This, this presentation is not about the rightness or the wrongness. Uh, but it is fair to inform you where I stand. Uh, you know, what I just described for you to you from 1 Corinthians 7, that's what God expects, and that's the order that God has established. But the truth of the matter is, we don't always live what God expects, and we certainly do not always live according to God's order. We just, we just don't do it. We just don't do it. Homosexuality is not the only area. Uh, we don't live what God expects and we don't live according to God's established order. And that's why I thank God for grace every single day. Thank God for grace and mercy. But this is where our quandary begins. This is where our quandary begins, where homosexuality is concerned. Uh, again, this is not about the rightness and the wrongness of sexual choices. It is about offering some solid guidance to people who are trying to figure out how to love through a difficult situation. You want to know how to love through a difficult situation. And I've said this in days past that, that uh, we divorce because we don't know how to love through some trials, some tribulations, some pitfalls. Well, guess what? We suffer in our family relationships. We bust up our families. We, 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 our families disintegrate also because we don't know how to love through sexual identities. We don't know how to love people once they identify themselves in a sexual uh, 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 scheme of life, one way or the other one way or the other, okay? And, and to the mom and the dad who's dealing with this, to the mom and the dad who's dealing with their child coming out of the closet or their children, their son or their daughter, I'm reaching out to you as you traverse the murkiness of what you're going through, as you traverse the, 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 the unclearness, the ambiguity, whatever, these are, I'm not, the, the difficulty of these times are not lost on me. It's not as cut and dry as some people think. Not when hearts and souls and love is involved. And I'm reaching out to you as you traverse the murky situation here. Uh, and I'm reaching out to you because parents have done more hurt than help and done more bad than good by going all off half cocked when their sons or their daughters reveal their sexual identity coming out of the closet, however you want to term that. We got too many mamas and daddies who've gone off all half cocked and done more harm than good. 
at their sons and their daughters' choices. And you're doing absolutely no good whatsoever by trying to disown your own flesh and blood. As I said last week, publicly, publicly, you may be saying, I disown you. Publicly, you may be saying, you're not mine. Publicly, you may be saying, I'm ashamed of you. And you may even feel it on the inside. But privately, you know good and well, your heart is aching because of the fractured relationship. Hmm. And, and some of that shame is not necessarily what your son or your daughter is doing to themselves. Some of that shame, a good part of that shame you feel, is how your son and your daughter's choices reflect on you. Your concern is how you're going to be view, viewed because of your son's and your daughter's choices. But I'm here to remind you, I'm here to drive home the truth that love does not stop loving because of the choices that people make. If that were the case, God has plenty of reason to stop loving all of us. We have reason to stop loving each other. If love is based on the choices you make, we have reason to stop loving each other. But love is not based on the choices you make. And love shouldn't change because of the choices you make. And I'm presenting this on behalf of some parent, some mama, some daddy who's crying out for help. And a good place to start with this, a good place to start giving you some help is to help your understanding of what's going on. I want to help your understanding of what's going on. All right. Are you with me here? Uh, we're all born sexual beings. We're born sexual beings. We all have sexuality. And when I'm talking about sexuality, I'm not talking about something perverse or, or sordid or erotic or anything like that. Because sexuality is so much more than just how you feel and how you act. Sexuality is you. Sexuality is the combination of attributes, your physical attributes, your personality, your disposition, your attitude, your mental capacity, sexual, your sexuality, your son's sexuality, your daughter's sexuality is all of those attributes combined. And all of those attributes combined come together to make that person uniquely attractive. That's sexuality. And that is a gift from God. Your sexuality is a gift from God. You know, there some, some personalities can totally turn you off. While some personalities can totally turn another person on. It's the combination of attributes that makes a person attractive. That's sexuality. And that's a gift from God. And God gave us that gift for a purpose. The purpose of sexuality is to facilitate intimacy. We are uniquely attractive to certain people to facilitate intimacy. There's something about us that draws us to each other. And those attributes, they come together to facilitate intimacy. And that intimacy is physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual. And, and, and intimacy is about connecting deeply on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. That's what it's all about. Connecting deeply on a physical, and emotional, and a spiritual level. 
And this is a model that God established in Genesis when he gave us marriage. Intimacy, connecting deeply on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. My goodness, no wonder Adam looked at Eve and said, you're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We're going to be connected just that deeply. We're going to be connected just that deeply. And the point of intimacy, listen, by God's design, the point of intimacy is for a woman and a man to get to know, accept, appreciate, and love each other on the deepest level. That's the point of intimacy. And this is part of the reason that God says, or the Bible says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So everything about us, oh my goodness, Lord, help me here. Everything about us comes together to attract the different sexes. All of this was meant to be about attracting a man to a woman. And, and the attraction to a man or a woman, that's, uh, that's sexual orientation. Sexuality, the combination of your attributes that make you uniquely attractive, that's sexuality. But then there's sexual orientation. And here's where it really starts getting sticky. Sexual orientation doesn't always look and act like the model in the Bible. Adam, the man, looks at Eve, the woman, and says, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That was sexual orientation. He chose a woman. Sexual orientation refers to the sex that you are attracted to. And that's where we get words like heterosexual and bisexual and homosexual and pansexual. And my goodness, my goodness, we make it, we make it really difficult. Are you hearing me here? And sometimes when it comes to sexuality or sexual orientation, like I said, Adam chose the woman. God gave him the woman and he looked at the woman and said, this is just right. You're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. God says, what I've joined together, let no man put asunder. The first instance of sexual orientation. Sometimes, sometimes a woman decides she is supposed to establish this intimacy with another woman. Sometimes a man decides he's, a spo he's supposed to establish this intimacy with another man. Uh, when you are a man or a woman and you choose intimacy with a man or a woman, that is your sexual orientation. Orientation. And what we see in our society is that uh, oftentimes women are oriented towards other women and men are oriented towards other men. Orientation. But why do some relationships not match God's model? 
Oh my goodness. Why is it that sexual orientation does not maintain the motto established in Genesis? Man, if you could answer that question definitively, you'd be an awfully rich person. That's a good question. That's the question of the hour. Why does sexual orientation not maintain the model established by God in Genesis? Uh, even another question, another good question. What causes heterosexual and homosexual attraction? Well, an article from the dailydoctor.org. You can find all of these online. An article from the dailydoctor.org says, No one knows why our sexual orientation is what it is. There is no scientific research to prove a cause. Some researchers believe that sexuality is a result of genetics, social, and individual factors alone or in combination. Did you hear that? Did you hear? Here's what the world is saying. No one knows why our sexual orientation is what it is. There's, there's no scientific research to prove a cause. Researchers believe it's part genetics, it's part social, it's part individual factors. It's one of those or a combination of those. And quite honestly, I agree with this. Maybe not. I, I'm, I'm not going to head in the same direction that they are heading. But for the most part, I agree with this. The first cause, but I, I, the first thing I'm going to do is amend that some. The first cause of sexual orientation that I would list is spiritual design. The first cause of sexual orientation is spiritual design. Our sexual orientation, the gender we are attracted to, is by design heterosexual. That's God's design. A man and a woman. We're designed to be attracted to members of the opposite sex. Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, sex that is not between a man and a woman who are married to each other that's fornication. So the first cause of sexual orientation is spiritual design. The first cause of a man choosing a man or a woman or a man choosing a woman, the first cause of a woman choosing a woman or a man is spiritual design. And if we're not choosing a member of the opposite sex, if we're not sexually oriented towards members of the opposite sex, then that's uh, scooting around God's design. All right. All right. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk about the right and the wrong of homosexuality, but uh, you just have to say some things. And right now I'm talking about the causes the causes of sexual orientation. Why, why would a woman choose a man or a woman? Why would a man choose a man or a woman? And I want to say also that there is no definitive proof whatsoever that sexual orientation is genetically linked. There is no definitive proof whatsoever 
that sexual orientation is genetically linked. There's a lot of discussion and mostly disagreement over whether a person may be born homosexual. Are you born this way? Are you not born this way? Is it a choice? Or is it, is it in your genetic code? Is it in your DNA? There's no scientific proof. There's no scientific evidence suggesting that it's in the DNA. And sexual orientation is influenced by other factors. And, and, and uh, uh, you got to get that. And, and, and I, I'm stressing this because if sexual orientation were in the genes, then we could say, God, you put it here. Thus, I'm not violating your word. Thus, I'm not going against what the, 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 the model that you established in Genesis. If God put it in the DNA. But there's no proof that God put it in the DNA. There's no proof that it's in the DNA. Homosexuality could be no more, uh, if, if it was in the DNA, if, it, if we were born with it, then homosexuality could be no more a sin than the color of a person's skin could be. And skin color could never be a sin. And this all would mean the Bible is wrong. But again, again, there is no proof that sexual orientation is based in genetics. Sexual formation begins very early in life and is influenced to a great extent by what goes on in our homes. It's influenced to a great extent, especially uh, uh, by the relationship that a, a person has with their parents. Your sexual orientation is going to be heavily influenced by the relationship with you have with your parents and it's going to be heavily influenced by the relationship that you have with your same-sex parent. So a girl's sexual orientation is going to be influenced by her relationship with her mother. A boy's sexual orientation is going to be influenced by the relationship that he has with his father. The affection, the intimacy, the closeness, or the distance, and all the other aspects of that parent-child relationship, that's going to influence, that's going to influence sexual orientation. It's going to heavily influence it. So keep that in mind. Uh, 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 another cause or another influencer of sexual orientation is, is social or societal norms. What's normal in the society? Uh, if, oh man, I don't have time to go deep off into this. But if it becomes norm, then individuals are maybe prone to at least experiment with homosexuality. But if it's not the norm, then any thought like that will feel, make the individual feel uh, uh, other than normal. What is normally portrayed in the society one grows up in can influence development of a person's sexuality. What we see modeled in society and reinforced over and over and over again, that has the potential to influence sexual orientation. So when children are growing up, their sexuality is forming and what they see modeled will heavily influence their sexual orientation. 
one of the heavier influences of sexual orientation. What, what something that heavily influences whether a, a, a guy is sexually attracted to a girl or another guy, one thing that heavily influences whether a girl is sexually attracted to a, a, a boy or another girl, one of the heavier influences is sexual experiences. And exposure to sexual experiences too early may not only influence sexual orientation, but it may subvert it. Formation, life formation, growing and maturing, man, it's all about starting from point A and going towards point B. There's a line there. And there are some things that can divert the course, some things that can skew the course. And sexual experiences too early in childhood could potentially alter the formative course of a person's sexual identity, their sexual concept, their sexual orientation. Exposure to sexual experiences too early may, may, may definitely, man, this has the greatest chance of influencing sexual orientation. Sexual activity during the formative years, you know, be that sexual intercourse too early, abuse, molestation, same-sex experimentation, seduction, or anything like that, anything like that. This, this has the greatest potential to influence how a person will consider and view their sexual lives. Any of these, again, any of these causes, likely causes, potential causes, or a combination of these potential causes can heavily influence a person's sexual orientation. So, if your son, if your son or your daughter tells you that they're homosexual or any other kind of sexual, you need to realize that a whole lot goes into that feeling. A whole lot goes into that decision. A whole lot goes into that view. It's not cut and dry. It's not as simple as it sounds. They had to get up the courage to bring it to you. And if they know you, depending on how well they know you and depending on your personality and disposition, for some, it's going to take a whole lot of courage. For some, it's not going to take as much courage as others. But if your son or daughter tells you that they're homosexual or any other kind of sexual, some man, they had to deal with that. They had to deal with that. And I cannot stress enough how much some of them will need you to walk with them through this experience. And you, uh, like I said last week, you walking with your child through some difficult times. It's not disgracing God. It's not leaving the faith. I told you we got to learn how to love through some things. Uh, before you make proclamations and declarations and all sorts of things, you should give serious consideration to what all went into their decision. And get this right here. Get this right here. You cannot make or shame your daughter into changing their mind. 
You cannot make or shame your son into changing his mind. Oh, you may be fully successful in ruining your relationship with your son or daughter. You may be fully successful in driving your son or daughter away, but you cannot change their mind. But here's what I want you to get. If they do come to you and they open up to you, there are some discussions that you, 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 you can have that will help it out. Man, I'm not going to be able to get to all of this this week. I'm going to have to come back for part three next week. I'm going to come back to, to part three next week. But I want to leave you with this. There's a lot went into that decision. Don't go off our half cock with your proclamations and declarations about what is and what is not. Don't try to force a change in your daughter or your son's mind. Don't try to shame your daughter or your son into changing. It's not going to work. You'll ruin your relationship first. <clears throat> Are you with me there? Next week, I'm going to pick up on some more helps. Next week, I'm definitely going to pick up on some more helps. But I'm all out of time on today. I'm all out of time and uh, we're going to have to let you go. But thank you for joining us uh, wherever you are. If you've got a question or you need some help, hey, email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Email me. I will get back with you. You got a question that you want to lend something to this discussion. Let me know. Let me know. But listen, you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic here. Our mission is to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And we hope that that will help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. You can always listen to this or any other episode of my podcast. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You'll find us there. I'm so glad to have you. Got to let you go. But before I let you go, always remember, you cannot have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.